Welcome to the Elevating Athletes podcast, where we talk about raising up athletes to succeed in sports and life. This podcast is for anyone involved in helping athletes achieve their dreams, from parents, coaches, sports medicine teams, or anyone else that guides athletes to success. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to the Elevating Athletes podcast. I'm Dr. Tim Puckett, sports physical therapist, uh, owner of Puckett Physical Therapy. I'm super excited today because we have Coach Jim Swift with Swift Performance Training. Um, I've known Coach Jim for a while and and he is a great, great dude. I'm super excited to learn from him today. Um, He is a Texas State uh, Bobcat and um, he's been in... uh, personal training for over 10 years and and he focuses on working with athletes. Um, He's in his sixth year of um, owning his own business, uh, Swift Performance Training. Um, It's a a really cool uh, setup that he's got and and he's got a lot of really, really great athletes. So Coach Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little more about yourself um, and also let us know what is your favorite sport to play or watch? So like you said, I graduated from uh, Tech State. You know, I've been out for about 10 years or so. It'll officially be 10 years this December. Uh, went in, got the degree, exercise sports science. Uh, started working mainly with your adult population for health and fitness, which I still do. Uh, but training athletes was always my goal. Um, at least the last year of college, that's what I really wanted to do and still am doing. Um, so. What made me do that was actually was watching a national title game. It had Cam Newton, uh, Auburn. It was a really great game, actually, if you were to watch it, uh, versus Oregon Ducks. They actually started doing ESPN Sports Science around that time. And so I got to see some segments on the difference in training philosophy. And, you know, because they also recruit totally different types of athletes. And Oregon had the big, uh, like, acceleration-type program. They were all about, you know, speed kills, Auburn combination of you know size and speed so it was really cool to see like you can change up different variables train athlete that's when I just got glued to the whole science of it and wanted to train Uh, so obviously knowing that um, I'm from San Antonio and uh, you know football is gonna be my favorite sport Uh, you know most time I'll I'll watch anything football uh, Texas Longhorns I'll watch local high school games middle school games uh, Dallas Cowboys even though you know they break your heart every week so <laughs> <laughs> every week every year yeah but so it makes you stronger I guess makes you stronger right so uh, definitely watch football of course I'm a tune into basketball uh, you know like to watch college also it gets really interesting March Madness uh, there's no way you can't watch March Madness even for the girls that's one of the best times of the year in my opinion uh, started watching a little bit more soccer still learning more on that um, but I do enjoy it more appreciate the sport more uh, I appreciated hockey a little bit more growing up too, and then um, lacrosse is a cool sport to watch if you catch that on the other ESPN channels. Uh, this past Olympics got really big into track, swimming, and gymnastics. That was some really good uh, events that went on this year. Yeah, no doubt. The Olympics are so much fun to watch, and mm-hmm. yeah, Cam Newton at Auburn. That was, he, that was he, great. He was he was unstoppable. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Oregon almost had him though. It was just like the very last quarter, I think. So. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so you touched on it a little bit, but I guess tell us a little bit more of, of what like really inspires you to, to train athletes. Uh, so obviously, as you can tell, I'm a big sports fanatic. I love the sports. 
uh, one thing that I really love training athletes with, uh, with is um, being able to teach and problem solve, you know, to help reach their goals. Uh, you know, it's not just just go out there and run sprints. Some of them are running enough sprints, but why am I still not getting faster? Why am I not in shape? Uh, I go to the weight room plenty of times. Like, why am I not getting stronger? It's helping them solve those problems, you know, based on what I see. Uh, you know, they do a lot at school, but is there something that, you know, I can fill in the holes? And that's basically how easy it is uh, for me to uh, do it with them. My parents are both teachers, so the teaching side with kids is uh, natural to me. So. Uh, get around sports, get to teach them, uh, tie in all those life lessons that we try to, you know, bring sports into um, and show them why that's going to carry over no matter what route they choose after high school. That's awesome. You, you touched on a couple things there that, that I want to follow up with, and I think it's great. So one of the things you said was that you take a look at what that athlete is doing at school, mm -hmm. and then you fill in those gaps. I feel like that is something unique that you provide that a lot of trainers don't necessarily do. Um, they don't look at what the athletes are doing at school, in, either in the weight room or at practice. They just kind of do their own program, and it may it may be redundant a little bit. Um, so I guess tell us a little bit more about like how important it is to look at everything that they're doing and fit in your training to, to make sure that um, you're getting the results that you need. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it took a little while for me to gradually come up with that. Uh, a lot of the guys I was training in the very beginning when I got my own, they were doing plenty of weight room, they were playing other sports, but there's still another level for themselves they wanted to hit. So I was like, let's just talk about everything that you're doing. And I was like, well, we, get, we need to work on this. Some of them, you know, like your profession, you just need to work on staying healthier, uh, stretch a little bit more, improve stability. Uh, and then that ties into learn how to lift weights correctly. Uh, so they are doing barbell squats, bench press, power cleans at school. Maybe for me, it's, we don't need to do a ton of that every day because they're already doing that. Some of them even practice more of that before and after school on their own. But you know, we'll touch up technique, we'll touch up the other things that make you a more explosive athlete uh, you know, without the equipment in your hands. Uh, other athletes, you know, they would, um, like I said, they lifted so much weights, but they needed a little bit more of the speed and agility aspect and drills to help them move around more. Uh, these schools around here are so populated. Sometimes you don't get enough reps. That's another thing I learned is, you know, you could have all the greatest drills, the greatest program, you know, University of Alabama could be at your high school right now, strength coaching, but with that many kids you have on campus, JV, varsity, freshmen, you start losing reps, start losing time, and if you don't know how to make that up, you don't know what you're doing wrong and how to solve it, then you're gonna be lost. So that's where I come in right there is, you know, I, I just, it, part of it was also learning just keep things simple, you know? I'm not gonna make you do more squats, you already do that much squats unless there's a technique issue. Just find out what they're not doing to help, uh, you know, fill in those holes. If they are doing it, how can you teach them to make it better? So yeah. after a while, it was just a maturity for me just to, step aside. I'm not the primary strength conditioning program like when you go to college, but I'm just the extra person on the side. Right. So it was just, it was just being on the outside looking in a little deeper for me to come to that philosophy right there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's a wonderful approach. Um, and you know, I, I've seen how you are able to build relationships with your athletes. Um, and you do tie in, tie in those life lessons and, um, it, it's not just about, um, 
you know, the, the sport, it's, it's about how that sport applies to life. And, and so I think that's something really cool that you do well. Um, you've built out kind of a, a, a niche with a certain uh, group of athletes. Um, tell us about the, the types of athletes that you train. So when I first started training, a lot of them were, like I said, were me football players, and majority of them were skill positions because skill players always think about speed, you know. So I had a lot of wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, DBs, uh, some linebackers, and then gradually over the years, they started bringing their uh, offensive defensive lineman friends because they're like, hey, I'm big, but I'm going to these camps. They're saying I'm too slow, that I'm too slow to even make up for those times like on the line like I need your training and everything so I started training bigger guys uh, training bigger guys also helped me uh, along with the skill players with nutrition and everything so I tie in a lot of lifestyle nutrition and then uh, now I think compared to three years ago I say 90% of my football players are going to be offensive and defensive linemen uh, offensive lineman in the last couple of years, I did learn, learn more about actual position technique training from uh, Devin Threat at a, a block offensive line training. So he was part-time, only took on so many kids. He would send me guys anyways to get extra work. And then if he, uh, he taught me a lot of the offensive line stuff. So other guys came up that weren't on his schedule yet. I would get them ready with all the foundations. I'm big on foundations anyways. And then I just had to find out how to work the lineman side, but then, you know, still make sure we're working on, you know, sprint technique, jumping, and also teach them how it carries over once again, you know, it's all about that carryover. So I have mostly the big guys in football and then uh, volleyball players, you know, it's a really good sport, really athletic, um, really big here in San Antonio, as we just discussed on all the big clubs. So uh, they, you've seen them before, ankle, knee injuries all the time, also back injuries, and then uh, girls, they grow at a younger age, but you know, sometimes the posture is off and everything. So I really enjoy working all that stuff with them. Some of them, they don't get the full, um, weight room, uh, training at school. So I, once again, make up for that. And then, um, since the guys in football play other sports, you know, I was always getting some baseball, you know, they, they, they're also baseball players or their friends in baseball. And then you'd get some track, uh, and then the rest lately, I've you know I've added in a little bit more um, people who are gymnasts and soccer players on the side. Nice, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad that you're so showing the big guys some love because oh, yeah. uh, they, they need it. Yeah, they deserve the, it. Yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, football is one in the trenches, no doubt about it. Um, but uh, the the linemen don't get the the respect or, mm-hmm. or the care that that they deserve. So it's awesome that you you help those guys out. Yeah, we got a lot of big a lot of big guys in the city too. You might as well take advantage of them. Right. No doubt. Give them that help. No doubt. And, and you know, help them uh, play that position, but also still live a healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? You, you mentioned the nutrition, and, and that is important. So what types of results are you getting with your athletes, and how do you track those results? So uh, start off with a baseline test. Uh, you know, a lot of people will think, you know, especially with your football players, you're always going to think, like, 40-yard dash. That's, you know, thanks to Deion Sanders, all of them. People just love the 40. I look more at the first 10 to 20 yards uh, to build up into that. Uh, so do 10, 20 yard uh, sprint test. We'll reevaluate, you know, you're trying to get those decimal points, you know, gradually going down. And then uh, vertical jump testing, broad jump, pro agility. So stuff you do see at all your traditional combines and showcases. So compare and contrast those uh, 
uh, test, but obviously you you can't always measure progress based on some number test, you know, because you could teach that test and they can just do better, but it doesn't always carry over into a sport. We've seen so many guys do great at the combines and they didn't do as good at their position. So then it's uh, the total athletic work, you know, the full circle of, you know, like I said, nutrition, strength, speed, agility, and all that, and then getting feedback from them that's important for coaches to constantly get feedback about more is your reps at practice increasing now are you lasting more plays uh, so your endurance has gone up are you beating guys a lot more now are you starting and then it gets into their older years where okay you're a varsity letterman now you're getting college looks are you going to college so there's a lot of you know there's qualitative and quantitative you try to it, it can be tough the more data can be confusing, but if you know how to use data, it can be really useful to knowing if you're making progress with your athletes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you're right. Sometimes it, it's uh, too much data can, mm-hmm. can be a little overwhelming, but um, you mentioned earlier, stick to the basics, and, yeah. and if you're improving in that, like, more than likely you're going to be improving all around. Right. That's awesome. Um, so you've been a part of, of youth sports uh, for a long time, you know, you yourself as an athlete and now working with these youth athletes. So what are some of the issues in youth sports that, that you're seeing most often? Uh, I mean, it does feel like people think uh, more is always better. There, there's a time when you got to work more, you got to play a little bit more and get better. But I think we've been seeing over the years uh, in your bigger areas that people start doing preseason football tournaments uh, and then you got the football season they want to add more games and then you got some sort of a like playoff and then there's like a end of the year like you know all-star game and you know a lot of that stuff you know it's fun you're a kid it's like the last time you're able to do all that stuff but we also got to remember that you know sometimes less is more let that body heal up uh, really know what to focus on. Is it just playing a lot more games, trying to get more trophies? Uh, and then that leads to kids, uh, I think, having a biased opinion of other sports at younger ages that I've seen. You know, we see some guys who, you know, parent of a nine-year-old lineman, but they don't play other sports because they're so consumed with football. And I mean, it's very demanding, but, you know, you're the one paying. You got, we, we have to learn as adults to step back ourselves, even if our kid wants to play tackle football every week for a team. You know, we got to be the ones to step back, control that. They don't like basketball. They like we got to learn, you know, sometimes you just, you got to be active in something else anyways. You know, uh, it's not always fun, but it does get more fun. You get better at it, and, but you can't work out and get better at it if you're stuck to one sport, you know. So we do see a lot of that. Um, not enough time off, not enough interest in other sports to develop as an athlete. Uh, training a kid who's only played one sport majority of their life, I think from like nine to 16, where you grow the most, uh, it does get tougher for me to really improve you as best as we can, unless you know you just have like five-star genetics already. Uh, but since majority of people don't have that, you know, it's always, you know, it's been proven best to play in other sports, even if you're gonna go you know, CYO and YMCA for two months, you know, get, do something else, improve yourself in other ways, uh, have fun, take off, you know, take the load off your body from making full contact. So that's an issue and that, and that you know, people would say uh, ties into like the culture of the community and everything. So won't happen overnight, but it's something that even if everybody else is doing it, you, like, you know, us as adults should know how to step out from that, you know, given that rest 
uh, and, uh, I mean, parents need that mental break too, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> we all do. Um, it, it's hard to do uh, one thing at a very high level constantly. Mm-hmm. Like you need that margin, um, especially when it comes to, to movement. Like your, your body needs different types of, of movements. You know, doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over, um, though it might be a good thing for a while, it could end up being yeah. too much of a good thing. So yeah, that, that's a really, really good point. Um, and the mental break too, because burnout's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's, it's sad to see a kid get burned out and quit a sport that they once truly loved. Um, so yeah, if we can do uh, our part in trying to prevent burnout, I think that can really go a long way. Um, yeah, and even athletes that maybe they have already started to specialize in one sport, um, but if they're working with a coach like you, that can help offset some of that right. overtraining as well. Um, and, and so it's, it's really good that you recognize those issues and, and you're a part of fixing them. What are some of the most common questions you get from parents? Uh, there's always parents, you know, they hear that you help improve uh, the speed and agility side. Um, you know, they're always going to ask, can you really teach speed? That's a big hot discussion. I think it's, uh, there's a lot of like, you know, it's based on how you play the words, I think, more than anything. Because nobody ever questions your track coach if they can make them run faster. But yet, track, coach says, hey, off season you're running track because it's going to make you faster. Nobody questions it. So, um, you know, the 100 meter, let's say that's your event. That's just your own, you know, linear speed test. Mine's a 10 and 20 yard dash. Like, we can teach y'all based on uh, stuff in the weight room, the plyometrics, the run technique. Like, we can do some of that too, you know. So, it, it is possible but then that's when you also say within your own genetic potential you know like my maximum genetic potential is nowhere near you know Deion Sanders Usain Bolt and all them Uh, so you know you're always going to have your own limitations but everybody can improve themselves especially at a younger age that's your best time to improve so that's that's probably the biggest question Um, because they're younger they're uh, I don't know if I put that in the email but they uh, some parents are like doesn't really matter what they eat they're young even if they don't gain weight they're gonna not be fueled to perform better endurance gets shot uh, even if they stay you know they're they're a strong lineman you're iron man in the weight room that 280 pounds eventually that body composition gets softer and softer and what we know is uh, even looking at adults that that excess body composition only slows you down and makes it harder for your body to work the way it needs to so yes eating correctly does matter does that mean you your kid can't ever have pizza again no it just means try to eat like a healthy adult you know so that way once again sports is over they should understand that concept yeah no doubt so um so yes we can teach speed but like you said it's within your genetic potential so yeah you you won't necessarily turn a lineman into um usain bolt but you can absolutely make them faster right Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, nutrition matters, even yeah. at a young age. Yeah, no doubt. So what kinds of questions should parents be asking their strength and their, and their speed coaches? Uh, well, you know, just like we've talked about how I uh, plug in the holes, you know, the way I see what they're doing, what they're not doing. Uh, I think that's something parents should ask. Like, okay, my, my kid does, let's say they make a list of 10 things. They do all of this at school. 
will you be doing the exact same thing and why will you be doing something different and why you know um, th those are really good questions um, will you be I, I think a good one is because a lot of trainers actually don't do it still is will you be giving them homework to stay accountable in this program which I automatically do and some of them are actually shocked and I'm like it's over the basic stuff that I'm making you do in here the better you learn it out there quicker we can progress in here just like you know math class you know you got to do a little bit of math homework you know learn those chapters and get through it uh, so those are those are good questions um, and that ties into expectations you know uh, everybody else just assumes okay you're a trainer cool but uh, if you have a question about why are you doing what you're doing is it the same different and why you know those are very good uh, place to ask and a trainer if they're a good trainer they they won't get offended by that I, I'd love to, you know, give you that five-minute explanation uh, first day so that parents understand. A lot of them are open to that honesty, actually. Uh, yeah, and, I, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell them, I was like, I'm at a powerlifting team, so I'm not going to be in that squat rack the whole entire time. So you just kind of be up front with them and then, you know, let them go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times, um, you know, parents don't know what questions mm -hmm. to ask. Um, and so, yeah, the, the more we can help guide them in that, the, the better. And yeah. there's um, almost too much information out there to where like before it's like, I don't know enough. I can ask questions now. It's like, there's too much out there. I don't know which one to ask you about if that's even good or not, what route to go. So that's, that's also our job is to make it really simple. Right. Um, here's, here's something that just came to mind. Have you ever had any athletes that uh, you know the, the parents want them to train with you, but you can tell the athlete like isn't really bought in yet. They they mm -hmm. don't really want to do it. And if you have had that situation, uh, how do you handle it? How do you how do you help that athlete? So I mean, first you know just because they're having like one bad day or week, that doesn't mean they're not you know invested at all. Anyway. It could be a bad day or week, and that's also why I think it's important if you're gonna be in our field uh, from prehab, rehab, strength conditioning to build that relationship with somebody and, you know, find out what's stressing them and, you know, taking their attention away, their energy away. But eventually you kind of tell, you know, there's not fully into it, uh, you know, taking all the necessary steps each day, uh, you know, to really put all their effort into it. Then you just have to sit down. It's, uh, it's uncomfortable. Like it, it never gets more comfortable. It gets a little easier. It's still comfortable the first few minutes to sit down with the parent like, I don't think they're ready for this extra kind of technical work. Um, I often tell parents, I'm like, your best bet right now, especially when you're uh, before high school age, um, it's like, just make sure they're playing way more sports at school, 110% more effort, come back. Like, let's say this is the fall, come back before summer, and you know, it, they'll probably be different by then. So it's, sometimes all they need is like half a year to kind of come to that realization, be a little bit more mature on things. Um, take extra pride in the stuff that you know they had every day at school anyways and then they're usually ready for you right right yeah maybe it's just not the right timing mm -hmm. definitely um, some people are just ready more I, I know I mean, I've trained seven-year-old gymnasts who are way more ready for that kind of stuff than 14 year olds it just varies yeah different personality types different levels of commitment yeah, and you know that's part of what makes the job so interesting, though, right? You get to meet so many different people and and help them in in different ways. What are some of the things that you uh, try and do to 
um, just make your, your training sessions fun and, and enjoyable um, so that you know, the, the kids are wanting to come back and, and see you and, and um, so that they're not getting burned out. Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing is while it is great if uh, trainers, coaches, we are all about attention to detail and we stay uh, strong to that attention to detail, especially on the foundations of anything involving uh, how you run, jump, and throw, uh, and then the basic lifting that, um, you know, don't always act like such a drill sergeant sometimes. Like, there's, there's a time to get tough, but even then, tough doesn't have to mean, you know, an Army drill sergeant uh, that just constantly yells. Uh, what I've learned is, you know, a lot of athletes, you know, they may have already had all that frustration dealing with, if you're the different one, they're gonna like you a lot more. Uh, you know, I follow uh, Coach Brett Bartholomew a lot about, you know, sports psychology, They're, the buy-in's gonna be a lot better. Um, you can be really strong with them, but you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be an hour of, you know, barking at them right in their face the whole time. I mean, even if, even if they need to hear it, like every single minute, you've gone past the point of it being beneficial. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, for, for me, I I can bring out a goofy personality once in a while, and usually that kind of helps them, but I can, I can also, uh, it's something they can laugh at, but also like that sarcasm kind of hits them a little bit, and I'm like, oh, all right, you know, I, I got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, so switching gears here a little bit, um, if you could go back and change something about your athletic career, what would it be? Uh, don't quit martial arts. So I was started at age five, and then I stopped when I got busy uh, with uh, middle school sports. I was doing every sport, and then even my free time, it was just outside, you know, playing pickup games all the time, which, you know, not a, not a bad life, but uh, it's one of those things where I was probably going to be a black belt by like 14 or 15, so that's, yeah, kind of sits with me, and some people have said, oh, why don't you go back to that guy and learn? I was like, well, now he's like in the Hall of Fame and only trains black belts, so, and he lives like 45 minutes away, so... Um, yeah, if, if somebody would have said we can try to go like in the summers and maybe take the slow route the next four years to get to that black belt, probably been a lot more doable, but it was just all or nothing at that time, which right. isn't always the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I, I think we often think about the, the major team sports, mm -hmm. especially, especially in, in Texas, you know, football, basketball, baseball, uh, volleyball, um, but sometimes those individual sports are where you, where you can really be challenged and and really develop uh, individually and, and personally, right. like a martial art, um, or, or you know maybe wrestling. Um, so yeah, I think I think those are important to consider as you know a supplement to you know maybe a major team sport. So that's that's cool. I'm I'm glad you you brought that up. Yeah, it's stinks to you know realize that and have to admit it but uh once again that could be uh you know a life lesson teach somebody else you know just kind of make sure you've thought about this in different perspectives on if you're going to quit something or not uh, if it's your time or not so uh wish i go back but you know i i did what i got of it some sometimes i look back at the way uh, the guy was running uh you know his karate classes and some of how I organize things, you know, is very similar. So I got, I still got something out of it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, we learned. Even if I didn't get the belt. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, I, I did a podcast. Um, uh, it was released um, recently uh, talking about the lessons learned from youth sports. And 
a lot of our lessons are learned through failure mm-hmm. and maybe not necessarily the successes. And so um, not that you failed, but you maybe didn't achieve that ultimate goal at right. the end, but still the journey along the way, you learned a lot mm-hmm. and you can draw from that and you're probably a better person because of it. Karate is def- karate gymnastics at a young age, you're definitely pushed to have the attention to detail for the most basic and often boring things. And that's something that I push really hard because it carries over forever. So, uh, I, you know, it's it's almost a good trade off right there. You know, I'm always gonna wish I had that black belt a little bit, didn't stop shy, but uh, it definitely taught me early on, even if I didn't realize that, that was being taught until later on. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, how can we, as supporters of athletes, do a better job in helping them achieve their dreams? Uh, I mean. Everybody thinks, you know, the physical side, like more practices, more training, more, you know, quarterback training, pitching lessons, batting lessons, um, all that nonstop physical side. And a lot of that, you know, like I said, there's a time to turn it up physically. There there always is. Um, But there's that mental time and mental isn't just, you know, sitting back and, you know, I don't have to go to practice. I have an easy schedule this month. It's, um, I think we need to have those adult conversations, uh, about kids and their goals. You know, we, oftentimes people, you know, you do that already if you have goals for your kids to make certain grades and all that kind of stuff. And okay, well, how are you gonna make an A? You can't just say you're gonna make an A. Well, okay, well, first I'm gonna go get to class. I'm gonna make sure I have, you know, pen, paper, book out. I'm gonna raise my hand if I don't understand something, go to tutoring, I'm gonna do my homework, ask more questions again, study for the test. Um, and those are, daily actions that, you know, will help you achieve, you know, when you carry them over a lot of different goals uh, in sports, outside of sports, uh, you know, in our careers, that um, I think, you know, we need those conversations. Um, Instead of just do this, don't do that, just do what I say, like, let's have that conversation, like, what do you want out of this? How do you think we should get, like, first, I also ask them, how do you think you should get there? You might be surprised that they actually know, and then, so, I mean, you can document that and be like, okay, I'm going to hold you accountable to, you know, being at practice 30 minutes early and warming up, you know, studying the playbook and everything. So, um, you know, just, ha- just having those goal setting and mindset uh, conversations, I think, are a big one. Uh, and, and it might, having those conversations might open the adult's eyes to, you know, what's out there and how to go and problem solve, uh, you know, if, if they need to. So, I think I think that's a big part. It's not just... Uh, spending more physical hours performing. There's that mental side. We need to sit down, and, and that and that and some of that involves you know s- slowing time down. Absolutely, yeah. Can't, can't move fast in that stuff. It takes time. Yeah, yeah. Success doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, definitely takes time. Um, man, this has been awesome. Uh, I, I've learned a lot, and uh, I thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, um, how can they uh, reach you? Okay, so my website is www.swiftperformancetraining.com. There's a way you can reach me in there. It'll send you to my email address, which is info at swiftperformancetraining.com. You can also reach me at Swift Performance Training on Facebook, send a message, uh, and I'll get back to you in that probably within like, you know, six, 12 hours. I'm always on social media. And then I'm also on Instagram if you want to DM me and, uh, you know, all my other contact info will be on those profiles. 
Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and we'll type that up in the in the show notes um, so people can see that there awesome. as well. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been an awesome discussion. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Elevating Athletes podcast. Please support us by subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends and family. See you on our next episode.